Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. What's up, guys? It's Mike and Mark here from LRMOnline.com, bringing you another exciting podcast. Um, and we're, today we're going to focus on a couple things that have been kind of bugging me for the past couple weeks now. Um, and it's mainly focusing on the television, but it also applies into the film universe as well. So this is going to be more of a general discussion um, recap. We apologize for not being here last week, but our schedules were too conflicted and basically couldn't get together on a single night that would have been um, beneficial to, to get the podcast out without running over on somebody uh, the other podcasts we have. So we're basically just going to catch everything up here. Um, we didn't really miss out too much on television shows last week. We're kind of talk about them all, but then get into our arguments. But the first argument I really want to discuss with you, Mark, is the, the issue that I saw. So on another website, I'm not going to put it out there because I don't want any negative feedback from them or anything because I don't think it was solely on them, um, is that... I think we as fans have become too spoiled and we're becoming too nitpicky that now we want to start changing cast members, start picking out directors and screenwriters. And this kind of goes more, you know, in just general comic book sense, you know. Um, and the article I was reading about was just basically a bash article on Stephen Amell, basically, that his time as Green Arrow was over, it needed to be done with, the show needed, if they were going to continue on, needed to be revamped and have somebody else take over. Um, and to me, the issue of, you know, the show Arrow and everything like that isn't necessarily the characters or the the cast members or anything like that. And, and, you know, Mark will, will get into this, but it's just a couple minor things. But at the end of the day, do like I, I don't think that we should be at this point of the height of the comic book era where, you know, in the 80s and 90s, we were killed to have all this stuff, you know. And now we're, we're at the height of all this where we got comic books, TV shows, video games, movies, and everything, to the point where we're going to be that picky and get on the internet and start writing all these, you know, Dear John letters, and, you know, this is how your show needs to be fixed, this is how your film needs to be fixed, it just, it boggles my mind, so, just focusing on Arrow, um, this week's episode, Mark, you, you did the review on it, and you said basically that it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great, and you had some ideas on basically, um, you know, not necessarily like changing the show too much, but you can see where the, the flaws and why people um, maybe aren't being gravitated back to the show like they once were. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, so, you know, I, I wrote um, the review last night, but then I also wrote um, an article just saying how, you know, if I think that with its current standing if a couple things aren't and, and they are fairly minor tweaks aren't changed season six could be its last just mainly basing it off of um kind of the uh just the following it's had um last season and then it spiked again a little bit this season and it's kind of um not really gone down a lot but you know just kind of plateaued just a little bit um and by all means, I definitely don't want season six to be the last. I am a huge Arrow advocate. It is my show through and through. Um, I, I would love for it to continue on. Um, I was mainly writing it more in the sense of um, some of the issues that I see that I feel that those are the reasons holding fans back. Um, and it's definitely not the characters or actors and actresses at all. Um, I honestly think all of the actors and actresses and even characters are are great they're outstanding i think it's how they're being used right is um 
or the amount that they're being used is the issue. Not the characters themselves, but their screen time or the balancing of them, I think, is, um, you know, kind of the issue. Um, My main thing with that is, first of all, Stephen Amell is Oliver Queen. He is Green Arrow. I think he's done an excellent job, and I think he continues to do an excellent job. Um, He's the reason why we all fell in love with the show. Yep. I think where some of the frustration comes into play is that we're not seeing as much of him as we originally that we're not seeing as much of him as we did in earlier seasons that drew us into it. Um, you know, for instance, like, yes, he's there, but even uh, last episode, which I honestly thought this week's episode, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. There were some, you know, um, I think it's getting better. I think they still can work on some things, but I think it was better than some of the other ones. Um, but I think we're we're seeing a lot of Mayor Queen, which I understand why they're doing that. You know, they want like I get it. Oliver wants to control. He wants to control the city to help it in the daylight as the mayor and at night as the Green Arrow. Like you know, I completely get it. But I think a lot of the appeal that um, many of us had, including myself, was, you know, kind of the same appeal that we get from Batman. You know, he's this he's this figure at night that's saving the city that's intriguing, but then is this kind of facade of the billionaire playboy. And when he does that billionaire playboy, people would never think, well, that's the person that would be Green Arrow, right? Right. Where now you're getting a lot of people who are figuring it out. Um, and yeah, I it's kind of like the worst kept secret. Of, yeah. 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 You know, it was, and then it, it, they almost kind of alluded cause obviously Susan Williams, but then you almost got this sense at the end of it. Um, this week where, um, captain Pike was like, that's funny. That's the same thing. The mayor said, and it's like, come on, you gotta be kidding me. Like, don't, don't right. do that. Don't even mm-hmm. go there. Right. Um, so like I think for me it's it and what it may be with other fans it's more of a a balance issue a, a balance of either screen time or characters or whatever um like I said the 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 idea of the team that they have now team arrow um I don't mind the team itself honestly I actually thought during the the gun control um episode uh getting wild dogs backstory i thought was really interesting and well done dude i'm glad you brought that um, up because that that w- that episode all right was like that was a deep episode but i'm glad they did it because wild dog's character was kind of that m- missing like like you didn't really have that background to it and stuff and so you couldn't really emotionally attach to him but after seeing that and how he sh- you know he lost his wife and then losing his daughter like that that really made him you know uh, more of a, a character that I could I could relate to in, in a sense, right? And I thought they handled that extremely well. Where some of the other um, stories have been centered on some of the um, other characters haven't been as as well developed. I don't think, but I think what it comes down to, at least for me, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but at least for me, is I I want to see this is Oliver's journey. I want to see Oliver's journey. I want to see him continue to grow and develop as Green Arrow. Um, and not that the other support characters can't be in there, but to to have a, a you know have the balance be a little bit different and maybe have it more Oliver centric, which is somewhat what it seems like it's going towards. And you know, I don't know, but just by the preview for next week, it still seems like it'll be a little bit more. Uh, for Mayor Oliver, but it does seem to be kind of getting back towards, um, you know, Oliver himself. And I think you brought up a good point. We talked about this the other day where, you know, Arrow has a couple more episodes uh, this season, doesn't it? Yep, Isn't it's, that right? Is that um, what yeah, I think we're at six or seven more episodes to the season yeah. finale. Yep. So, you know, with that and it not taking that other hiatus, you know, I think that it, so I think the the writers probably had these extra episodes and they're like, okay, well, we need to obviously do something with them and we don't want to rush towards the end. So I think that's probably what we're kind of getting into as well. And 
I think some of the nitpicky aspect, and I've even had it too, so I'm not saying that I haven't nitpicked it. Right. But I think some of it too was because the first half of season five was so awesome that like it hit a little bit of, like I said, a plateau or a lull. So I think that's where some of the disappointment is, is stemming from, I guess. Um, and probably in the back of some people's minds, honestly, is, oh man, I don't want this to turn into a season four again. You know, not saying that it would, because I honestly don't think it will, but I think that's kind of there. I think season four kind of left a bad taste in some people's mouths. Um, and I think that's where some of the kind of pickiness is coming from is like, well, if it doesn't do this, then it's going to go back to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I get that people don't want a, another Damien Dark, you know, type saga right. again and stuff like that. But to me, I, you know, you're not going to have all the, the great seasons. Like, every season's not going to be great. And, you know, I granted, I'll admit, the season four was probably the 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 worst one of, out of all the Arrow seasons and stuff like that. And it's kind of like <clears throat> in my reviews right now of season three of The Flash that this show started on such a high note that it's progressively gotten a little bit slower and slower, but I don't think mm-hmm. that it's, it's a, it's a point of like, we need to fix it and all that kind of stuff. And so like to my, my view on this is that I think that it, and I think it's a, it's a bad rap that the DCEU gets is that there's so many critiques towards this show and stuff like that. And I, I mean, to me, we, we need as fans need to enjoy this, you know, enjoy the ride that we're on right now because you know, What's to say that in another five years or so, or less than that, that you know Hollywood decides to go away from all this comic book stuff? You know, let's hope not, but ends up going in a different direction, and then we're stuck watching you know The Bachelor and Bachelorette on TV, and then we're stuck watching you know um, <clears throat> Water for Elephants at the movie theater and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, I just I, like I, I think that <clears throat> the DCEU gets a lot of bad rap. <clears throat> um, and, you know, there are some valid arguments. I think that the constructive criticisms of, like, the seasons, the way they go and stuff. But when I saw that article talking about how Stephen Amell wasn't, you know, uh, needed to go away as the Green Arrow and stuff like that, that got me, you know, fired up and everything. I just couldn't, like, why would you say that? Because that guy basically ushered in a, a channel that now just focuses basically on all DC three nights a week. It was four nights a week. Well, it will be four nights a week probably next year. Um when Black Lightning comes in and, you know, what's to stop it from adding another, you know, DC show so we can get DC television five nights a week, you know. Like Kevin Smith mm-hmm. even says it's the CW just needs to be called DC TV, you know. That's well, it. and, yeah, well, and, in, you know, in regards to that as well, you know, I, I agree. Like, are there things that could be fixed? Absolutely. You know, I, I had talked about that. But it's not, it's not the actors and the actresses, right. you know what I mean? It's, um... Like, even if, if you're going to talk about Gotham, you know, it's been off for a little while, but, like, I know some people don't like Gordon's character. Or that It's it's not Ben McKenzie who's, like, it's not his, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, I think he's a good actor. You know, right. I think. Oh, without a doubt. I think he's know, done a good I, job as Commissioner Gordon, a young Commissioner Gordon yeah, that we have never seen. Right. It's not him. I think sometimes the actors and actresses get a bad rap, but it's. It's the writing at times. Like, I mean, this is quite the extreme. But, like, I'm not saying George Clooney was the best Batman. But, like, let's also be real. Like, it's not like he had the best writing either. Oh, right? man. That, so <laughs> you know that, what I mean? Yeah, okay. So, so that is, like, to me, that's the example that people need to trash. Like, you know... It, it wasn't acting, but it was a lot of bad things and stuff like that. Um, you know, that sure, goes into right. editing, into script, into you know, into directing right, and so right, forth. Right. That just basically, you know, every single Arnold Schwarzenegger pun from Mr. Freeze, you know, just right, needed, right. It was it, it basically was made into a yeah. Joke. There are a lot of bad elements. But there. here's another example: like well, I, is is Suicide Squad, right? Everybody was on board to trash that movie because all the reviewers came out. So you and I have mm-hmm. talked at links about this uh, that. In my eyes, granted, there are some issues with the editing of Suicide Squad and the pa- sure. and the pace of it. But what to me, what was the biggest issue that could have just saved the movie? But I mean, it is what it is. You just you got to go roll with it. Right? Was the villain okay? You know? Yeah. Yep. The, to that was right. the issue. If you had made Joker the villain of Suicide Squad, done. You know, without right, a doubt, sure. it, it, it would have been. But. You had a character, um, you know, two characters, you know, that, 
you know, into witchcraft and sorcery that not many people understand, not many, not many people had a background on. They would, they just didn't pick up on it, and that's why Suicide Squad failed. But at the same time, me as a as a as a fan, I'm not going out and saying like, this is the worst movie of all time. This is horrible and stuff like that. I enjoyed ninety percent of the movie. The last ten minutes of it, yeah, right. not so much and everything. Um, so and it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, the director's fault. It wasn't a, um, you know, it it wasn't, you know, any actor's fault. That it was just one small, not small, but one choice on who the villain should have been. It could have been Joker, Deathstroke, and stuff. So I think that the DCEU gets, in a, in a sense, like a bad rap for things that you know the word nitpicking on, you know, and just saying okay. Can I ask you a? a- a question and What's this that? is i mean we're kind of sorry when you were just talking about suicide squad and i mean it, well dc tv obviously they it can't really compare with anything from marvel tv but just in general do you think dc is criticized more than marvel without a because doubt marvel kind of started the getting the ball rolling i guess and here's the deal is here's the reason why i think marvel gets away with a lot more than than the others and it's basically because of uh robert downey jr being iron man um and that's it Mm. they they hit it out of the park with iron man iron man one was without a doubt was the biggest home run that marvel has done but here's the problem is that when you start talking about x-men last stand when you start talking about you know even though i liked them the amazing spider-man with uh, andrew garfield and stuff people just mm. say oh well that was in marvel studios that was sony and that was fox yeah but it's still marvel no, right, prizes. Sure. and if you look at the marvel movies and it's a trend that they keep going not necessarily downward spirals but they're not making nearly as much money as they once were you know captain america well, has I, to I have mean, 50 yeah, this, characters this... in his movies for the, for it to do well if you just right. did a solo captain america right. film not many people would come to it you look at captain sure. america first avenger it did okay but it didn't do great and so they in what do they do in winter soldier they bring in you know the winter soldier they bring in falcon they bring in nick fury they they make sure that uh black right. widow's in it and stuff and they make it a spy movie and they make it you know you know that um hydra is the main villain and is taking over shield and everything and then civil war mm-hmm. so i know that everybody likes civil war but to me as a comic book fan not saying it was a bad movie but it needed a different name because ultimately i'm uh, I'm attached to the comic book version of Civil War. So when yeah, they made that announcement right. that they are going to have Captain America Civil War, I'm thinking, okay, you know, follow the storyline where you have a young group of uh, of heroes trying to stop a villain. He Nitro, he blows up an entire school, and that causes a mass chaos of the uh, Superhero Registration Act. But what we got in that movie was right. something totally different, and it had to deal with the sure. soldier and stuff. And so to me, like... I like Civil War, but not as much as everybody else that don't that didn't read the comic books. I think that's where uh, like I I see a difference. Not saying that Marvel's bad, <clears throat> you know, and that they're not sure, right. and stuff. But what I think is is that because of the Robert Downey Jr. effect, they get a you know they get a, a pass on a lot of things. Well, pass. Sure. And what movie did uh, the DCEU start off with? It was Ryan Reynolds with Green Lantern. And that was yeah. that was you know in a sense bad. I mean, there is no sure no doubt about it. So when you start your foot on a bad foot, start off on a bad foot, it's bad. But let's look at TV wise. <clears throat> so DC TV, what's the first show? Arrow knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And look what's the result of it. Now you have Supergirl, Flash. Oh yeah. You have Legends of Tomorrow, which is to me, uh, uh, to me, it's my favorite show, Legends, because it makes fun of itself. It, it doesn't take itself so seriously, and I think, you know, that that it's just a good change of pace. Um, but and I think too, where where it, the the nitpickiness probably comes in, and I don't think you know, oftentimes people realize it, but Arrow season one and season two, unbelievable, awesome, yeah, Flash season one, awesome, great. So I think a lot of times when it's just knocked out of the park so early, expectations are so high. 
You know what I mean? Right. No, I get and it. And when it. expectations are so high and they're not, I don't want to say lived up to, because like I, on, I do, I like season five of Arrow. Um, obviously, there could be some changes, but, but it's funny because when I went back and watched seasons one and two of Arrow, there were actually a handful of episodes in season two of Arrow that I really could have done without. I'm like, that was okay, but you think of the, the big overall picture of it, right? Right. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times when, and even for me personally, you know, I think, you know, when I'm thinking of some of these episodes, I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't what I was I was hoping for. I'm thinking of like all of season two. I'm thinking of all of season one, where they had their episodes as well that were meh, you know, without a hit or miss. Um but, you know, I think if you look at season five overall, Tobias Church, that was awesome. The idea of Prometheus is awesome. Has it had its law? Yeah. But I think, like I said, if you look back at, at all the episodes, even season one of Flash, you're bound to find those episodes. But I, I think oftentimes they're compared to the end result. Um, each episode is compared to the end result rather than, you know, kind of breaking it apart. No, yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, but here's my issue is that <clears throat> where's the criticism of Marvel when it comes to this stuff, you know, like that? And because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's, that mm-hmm. show is not nowhere near is where it was hyped up to be. It was supposed to be this groundbreaking, you know, TV show where it was going to be linked to the movie universe and that <clears throat> during right. the time periods of, you know, of what was going on in the movie films, you were going to get what was going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all linked together and that kind of went away. The big blockbuster event was the reveal of Hydra in S.H.I.E.L.D. and that was unbelievable, but then... Marvel kind of just let it go. But no one criticizes Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. like that. And then, you know, you have the Netflix series with Daredevil, with um, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and you have Iron Fist coming out next month and everything. Um, And, dude, Daredevil was great, and it started off on a great note. So it allows Jessica Jones to come in and Luke Cage to come in and, you know, and ride on on, on that wave and everything. But no one you know, looks at it and says, oh, you know, this episode is bad or this actor needs to change. I think the, like, DC universe, you know, just gets a bad rap because of, number one, what it started off with in the movie verse of it, which is, um, you know, with Ryan Reynolds being Green Lantern and that, you know, that didn't settle right when, it, you know, that, that panned. But then also, because Arrow, Supergirl, Flash you know, and legends are on regular cable TV and not on something like Netflix where you can push the boundaries even more. I think that more people are, are more critical because, well, you know, why is an arrow following in the suits of like what Daredevil is doing on Netflix and everything. But to me, you got to think about it in the big picture. <clears throat> Look how well DC is doing in the comic book industry. Look how D- well they're doing in the TV industry, how well they're doing in the cartoon industry and stuff. It's not as bad as everyone thinks. I think that, you know, all this nitpicking is going on, you know, at the end of the day, we're in a height that needs to be celebrated and not looked at as, okay, what do we need to do to fix this show and this show and this show? To me, it's like, you know, enjoy, enjoy what you got while you got it. You know, some people out there, man, they don't understand how good it is and, to just nitpick and nitpick and nitpick. Eventually, Warner Brothers is going to say, you know what, forget this, I'm done, and we're moving on to something else. Yeah. So, am I going too far on this or what? No, you know, I, I think, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I think, like I said, I think I, I, I get what, like I said, I, I understand because, you know, I've been pretty nitpicky with some of it as well. But, like I said, I think when I, I'm nitpicky, what I'm seeing are things that c- can be fixed. And it's not like a big wholesale type, of, type right. of deal, you know. But I think what I – and I think what I'm picking up more from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that – there seems to be it's not even the fact that people are scrutinizing it 
as much, but the fact that DC gets much more scrutiny than Marvel or anything else. Without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt, I think. is and it, yeah. it is just not, like, just Marvel Studios, but you look at Fox, or, you know, with X-Men, Sony with Spider-Man and everything. You know, it, to me, like, no one goes on and criticizes, you know, those, pro, you know, programs and, and properties than right. you know more than what goes on with the DC universe. I think it's just a popular thing. I guess that, sure. like, I didn't jump on the bandwagon with it, and because I was always a DC fan as a kid. Well, I'm, I'm a comic book fan in general. You know, I'll always be you know right. a fan of all comic books. But I don't get this. When I saw that you know editorial and you know fixing the DC TV universe and getting rid of Stephen Amell, I just you know it's it's not as bad as everybody thinks. Granted, are the some of the seasons starting to to blend in sure but just like you know what's going on with flash so let's jump into that um so on the flash this week you know i've been kind of critical of this season just because of the it seems like it's been very very repetitive for just flash in general as a show that it's Mm -hmm. you know speedster versus speedster how do i stop him he's faster than me and then we get this the gorilla grod comes back and it's a two-part event and to me this like i texted you when i was watching the show but I thought this was the best episode of The Flash, period. You know, seasons one, two, and three. Like, I've never seen anything like this. And, like, the, the CGI that they put into this was amazing. And I think that more Gorilla Grodd is needed for, for something like The Flash. Because I think I'm just speedstered out a little bit. I, I don't know. Um, you know, it was a good, nice good break to see something besides a, a general <laughs> metahuman or a speedster going up against Barry. Um Right. What were your thoughts of this episode? Well, and not only that, but one of the, what, I mean, it, not only just the not just a meta, but like it's like, Gorilla Grodd is one of Flash's like all time, like one of his all time enemies. Right. You know. And I think you um, go past like. Yeah, so, I liked. It. I'm. He he's been like the the villain. If you go past the, you know into the Silver Age and you know into that era, Gorilla Grodd yeah. is more or less because Reverse Flash is a newer villain. So, you know, the speedster concept yeah. is, is new. So, Gorilla Grodd to me is, is more of like Batman versus Joker to me, being a fan of The Flash. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, like, I really enjoyed the episode, but I'm honestly looking forward to next week's episode even more, I think. Um, just because I, I don't know, something about Grodd being, like, in the city. And I don't, I don't know. I just think it's, it's really. It looks really good. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Where uh, it, we kind of talked about this jokingly. Obviously, we were, you know, being a little critical. But I, I do feel like sometimes DC, they're like, when something works, like, hey, if it's Go with not it. broke, don't fix it, right? So, you know, Flash, Flash, you have a ton of speedsters, right? Which is fine, and you know, I don't mind. But it's kind of like you said, you know, because if you think about, it, you have obviously Barry and Wally and Jesse. Um, <clears throat> Reverse Flash is around there somewhere, and um, uh, Black Flashes, Savitar, yeah. and um, Black Flash. So you know they're, they're out there. And then we kind of talked about that with Arrow too, how you know so many people, so many archers, and catching arrows, and this and that. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was nice to get a little break from that. And the thing that I, I like about Gorilla Grodd is um, obviously his you know his mental powers but also the one time when like he still when he was when he was looking at caitlin like he still cared about her because she treated him well you know what i mean it's like he hasn't forgotten that even though he has this you know he's taking over this sort of thing like he had he hadn't forgotten that still so you know i thought it was a it was a good episode you know i actually like on the episode is um Julian, I like his character. Indiana Jones um, wannabe. He's an interest. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah. yeah, he's an interesting mix to the team, and I wasn't sure about it at first, but I think he compliments him. I think he compliments him well. So yeah, and you know, uh, I've wrote in this, but dude, the the credit for this episode to me was goes to Tom Cavanaugh acting like he was being possessed by uh, by Grodd and standing there. To me, look, the guy has played. 
the the character of Harrison Wells in, <laughs> in like five different versions of it. And I mean, it just it gets better and better each time. Yeah, you know, e- even the scene where it was HR <clears throat> seeing Earth Two Wells and stuff like that, <laughs> that kind of you know back and forth banter between the two. I mean, that was it's beautiful what Tom Cavanaugh can do as an actor. It's 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 amazing. Um, but yeah, I think the character of Julian being brought into the show as a good dynamic, like, and I've, I've kind of mentioned that before in my reviews, um, that now that Cisco is more partnered up with HR, it seemed like Caitlin was about to get lost and you yeah. know, forgotten about, but now bringing Julian in, it kind of balances it back out again and stuff like that. And then putting him in there like that, looking like Indiana Jones and everything, I thought it was great. Instead of him just jumping in and saying, like, I so want to go, have him dress up like Indiana Jones and, you know, bring his gun and everything. Yeah. It was, that was a good good way to to add to the to the episode. And, but the even the, the fight I feel scene, bad for Caitlin because I... Oh no, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead with the oh, uh, with fight Kayla. scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say I I just kind of feel bad for Caitlyn because I feel like every season, like her love significant interest. other is either like a bad guy or was a bad guy or change. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just people like, wonder why she's gonna you know, turn to kill a frog. There was Ronnie and we know. At... Yeah, yeah. And then Jay Garrick, and then it's just like one one after another. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, you. People are like, I don't understand. How could she turn into Killer Frost? Well, think about it, dude. You know, every man she's fallen yeah, in love with, you know, leaves her, dies. So, I mean, have a cold heart now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to next uh, next week's episode with the the attack on you know on Star City or uh, Central City. You know, that to me seeing. Not just one grod, but multiple grods taking over the town and stuff like that will definitely be something to enjoy. Oh, well, it was a cool little twist that I, I, yeah, I thought it was a cool little twist there at the end too. How he's sitting there talking, and then all of a sudden you see Gypsy there, right? Which is interesting because when Gypsy last left, she seemed, you know, like she was obviously, you know, fr- uh, friends with every, you know, with Cisco and all of them, and maybe it's just. Grodd has, you know, kind of possessed her, uh, sort of an issue maybe, but, um, that was a, that was an interesting little twist there at the end too. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's good how they're starting to like, not just forget these characters. Cause that was one thing that like, uh, the first two seasons of flash, they would introduce these characters and just kind of forget about them. And, you know, sometimes they would show back up, sometimes they wouldn't. So I was glad to see that, you know, as a character like gypsy, you know, um, have some sort of linkage to another episode and bring her back. It's it's kind of like a, what did I tell you on the sure. with uh, Arrow how they it's like they have to have their one episode every season with uh, Cupid on there and stuff. It just seems like oh here's <laughs> Cupid, the one episode. Yeah. we still yeah. have Cupid guys. Don't forget about her. You know yep, she's still around. Yep, don't forget. I mean that's cool. It, it does bring like you know it does connect them together. And like I kind of wrote my article like I. That that part was cool. I mean, I, I thought it they were it was a little reflective of obviously, um, you know, Gotham City Sirens a little bit, but mm-hmm. the 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 link up of the three was a little odd to me. But it was still cool seeing the three of them. You know what I mean? Just oh, to have yeah. that I connection mean, was, to past seasons. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was definitely cool to see that, and that's that's good that you re, you know you keep reusing yeah. characters that people have somewhat of a bond to and stuff. I mean, there's definitely um, sure. You know, uh, a group of people that are Cupid fans or, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, at least knowledgeable of Cupid and stuff. So it was good to see. Right. You know, her yep. get her, her one episode back. And especially, well, I mean, even with, uh, you know, China, the China White character. Yep. I mean, she was a pretty, I mean, what was season one? Season, season one, one and right? season two because two. season two was the flashbacks I've, with her going um, – and, and or season, season three, two. I'm sorry. Season three was is that's that, when he yeah, went to China, right. right? Yes. Yeah, season three. So was yeah, right. I mean, you know, having having that, you know, I thought I thought that was um, yeah, like a, a nice little touch there. Um, I know we kind of jumped from Flash and back to Air a little bit, but one thing I did 
um, want to say about Arrow. Uh, I thought it started off really in a really great way with the whole Claiborne sort of thing, like yeah. going to see Clay, um, Claiborne's, it looked like, ex-wife. Um, I still think that it being his son is a smokescreen. Uh, but I think, I think it's, you know, cool that they're, that they're doing that. I mean, if you think about that, they did the same type of thing with like, you know, brother blood and, um, even with Malcolm Merlin. And so I think, um, having that, even having that connection though, like they didn't, it's like they dug it up, but it's a really cool connection now that you look back at it. Like who would have thought like, you know, when you're first watching that arrow episode in season one where he kills Claiborne, like you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, he was, you know, kind of a minor character, but to see it kind of play out large than that, I think is a, I think it's pretty cool how they're doing that. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it was well thought out, well played, you know, it's a little bit better than somehow the, the flashbacks have been working, you know, and Stephen Amell did admit this week that right. after really season two, the flashbacks were kind of just made up on the fly because they didn't real, really think about what would be the, the, lasting impact of these flashbacks and everything so going to china going to russia was kind of these things that they kind of just threw together but this is something that i think they really thought sure. they really put together peacefully well but i still think that the whole prometheus character is still more than just that one kid or whatever you know who lost their dad from oh absolutely yeah i think this because is i think a little bit more. if it was if it was that yeah if it was that kid like and there's that reveal, I think it'd be so like anticlimactic, but yeah, I agree with that. I think it's more. And I think one of my favorite episodes though, from this season was the one where, um, it like Prometheus had green era retrace all the steps. Right. That, oh, that was a good from one. where he killed yeah. Claiborne. And like, everybody was like set up. That was really awesome. I thought that was so well done. Cause it like, brought the flashbacks current with the the present and that that was really well done and i think sometimes that's what um gets lost are episodes like that when um we and i'll say we because you know i get involved with it too uh get nitpicky about certain things you know because that was an, an extremely well done episode yes um and it looks like we might start getting more of that um you know with vigilante next um next weekend it looks like prometheus again and i'm hoping to start seeing a little bit more of artemis because you know she's out there somewhere yeah yeah i mean she just kind of dropped off you know the the face of the earth after yeah. she switched sides so it'd be interesting to see when when and where she does come back um so jumping kind of around legends of mara what do you think about that episode going to camelot to me, that was probably the f- like greatest, but like also funniest episode I've ever seen. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I tell you, the thing that I think I enjoyed honestly with it was them bringing back in more of the Justice Society members. Yes, that was a good because it was kind of call. you know because it, it it started off the season with the Justice Society. I was like, oh, it's awesome, you know, because it's it's a group that obviously isn't really dealt with as much um and then it was just kind of the one or two episodes obviously aside from vixen which was fine uh but to start seeing a lot of them uh come back i thought was really really interesting so i thought that was good yeah i think that that and then it was kind of like what did i um what's the the restaurant that you go to to watch the medieval times like to me when I was oh, yeah, watching yeah. it, I was literally like, "Oh my god, I'm watching like an episode of Medieval Times and everything." And then and Ray had like his lightsaber esque, yep. <laughs> but don't call it that; it's trademarked and everything. Oh, like and that's what yeah, I love about funny. Legends is that it always finds a way to like incorporate a Star Wars joke into it and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was good too because even though it is kind of the, you know, kind of more lighthearted, but it still has some depth to it as well. Like when Vixen was mad at um, Sarah yes. and kind of just went off on her. I was like, well, maybe that's the reason why we don't win a lot of the battles. I was like, Ooh, wow. Yeah, get a little chippy. And so, you know, you, yeah, even though it's, it's lighthearted, it still has 
some some depth to it, which I enjoy. What about the fact that Sarah constantly hooks up with just some random girl from the past? To me, that is like... Here's my thing with... I feel like, first let me preface, I I don't care that Sarah's gay, like, that's fine. But, like, I feel like they try and almost push it in your face to think, like, but, but at the same time it's odd because it makes what happened in season one of Arrow so, like, I don't know, kind of... I don't want to say it like lessened the impact of it, but it's like it's. I feel like they want you to like completely forget about that or something. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because obviously, obviously, she she hooked up with Oliver, but like that was really the whole preface of season one and two was the outcome of that. You know, and like that led to her getting her training and all this, and then I, I don't know I. What I'm guessing is when um, the episode where she and uh, Nisa Agul uh, kissed or whatever. You remember that? Right. From Arrow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think – I mean I remember watching it. I was just surprised just because I didn't see it coming. I'm sure it got some sort of a shock value and I don't know if they're trying to just like – I don't know. Just kind of I think they're just trying to go that. for a Guinness Book but of yeah, World I, Record. I, I, I really think that that's what it is. Is like let's see how yeah, many – Yeah, it's just like oh, okay. How many girls uh, Sarah can hook up with in one season? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's just like kind of out of the blue. But I don't make. I don't know. Maybe they're making a statement and saying like, you know, this isn't uncommon. This has been around for ages. I don't know. You know, who knows? Hey, you know, whatever works. If that's what keeps people watching the show, then go yeah, for well, it. Whatever. So, I mean, yeah. But it is it's hilarious. It's like every week it's like, what girl is she going to hook up with next? And it started out in the first episode and it's gone every single week. This is funny. Um, right. All right. Uh, kind of wrapping things up this week on the television realm. Uh, so WWE, um, we had, and it's to me, you know, right now SmackDown is, is got the edge over raw. Um, and this week on SmackDown, there was two yeah. significant matches. Um, we'll talk about the first one being Nikki Bella versus Natalia. And I told you this earlier, but and I even put this up on Twitter. But to me, that was the match of the uh, of the show, and that was like old school match that I hadn't seen in a long time. And for it being a, a women's match, I was really impressed because the last time I'd seen some kendo sticks come out in a, in a women's match, I, I can't even remember that. <laughs> But the way that that whole match played out was great. In, in I've just, seen the Kendo Sticks since like Ken Blackman. Oh, I know. Blackman. Seriously, dude. Like I saw it when when uh what was it when Nikki pulled up the 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 curtain on the the side of the ring and she was pulling out the table and I saw the Kendo Sticks laying there. I was like, oh man, are they gonna get the Kendo Sticks out? And then she pulls the table out. I was like, oh, just the table. And then they th- Natalia throws the table back under and then Nikki get, yeah, grabs the the Kendo Stick. I was like, yes. That was, I mean, overall, just a great match. Cause that, yeah, absolutely. It, it was extremely well done. Like I said, it it reminded of of hardcore matches prior to really the depth of attitude. Here, you know, not the crazy stuff, but it reminded me of that. And anything goes, you know, which is how the I feel like the hardcore titles started. Yeah, it was really cool to see that. And, you know, there was a lot of good, um, pretty decent episodes that are, are matches on SmackDown as well. Like, I, I agree with you. I think it still has the upper hand right now as well. Um, I think, you know, I mean, Raw is fine. I just think that, I honestly think it's too long. It's just, it's, it's yeah, three hours. Yeah, the third hour, hour you know? is, is, is um, killer. <laughs> and, well, especially when I read an article and they were talking about when Bailey won the title. And, the demographics that for really their reasoning for having Bailey weren't even watching it then because, you know, they wanted to be kind of younger, I don't know, teenage or pre-teenage girls following Bailey. And most of them were probably in bed or like two, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a little long. I think, I don't know. Sometimes I honestly think they'd almost do better if they just had like a two hour raw, 
a two-hour SmackDown, and even did something like they used to have with Sunday Night Heat. Remember Sunday Night Heat? It was right. just one hour, and you know, it was it was maybe yeah some lower card people, but still though it was. I mean, I used to watch it. I was like, oh, well, I wonder what's going on here. You know what I mean? I think it just kind of helps break it. Up or or do a little like bit more? Yeah. Um, um, do it like uh, whoa, what was the show you said? But did put the third hour of Raw on WWE Network and say like if you want to watch the third hour, sure, yeah. you know, go on the WWE Network and stuff right. and, and do it that way. But yeah, I agree. The third like the three hours of right. Raw basically it now stretches out into these long promos that you kinda get bored with and everything and you know, it's nothing really right. enticing and stuff. Um and, but I think that's what keeps SmackDown fresh is that it's you know, you can't spend too much time on promos because then you're cutting into match time, and so you have to get in, get out, and keep moving on, keep moving forward. Yep. Um, so the Nikki Bella and Natalia match ended up in a weird situation where Natalia gets the win because of Maris um, basically interfering right there in the end. But the highlight of the match was when Nikki Bella gets thrown into or throws Natalia into Maris and that was hilarious. It looked legit real. Like I thought for a second there like wait a minute she was supposed to move out of the way and didn't and get cuts caught up in that and that was to <laughs> me was hilarious. Uh, yeah, it looked like she was just like walking by in the background and then got like blasted and Oh then, yeah. When didn't she come out with like a a pipe. What was it? Like a bat or a pipe or yeah. something? Yeah, a pipe. And I was like, I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> like where, where the hell did you get hardcore, a pipe? Like, yeah. like, yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. It was like, where did you yeah. get the pipe from? So that yeah, event right. ends up will have a, an effect and later on. Um, I don't know if it's a direct effect, but what's going to set it up is for a WrestleMania match and. But the end of the SmackDown, we had another Royal Rumble since Randy Orton will not face Bray Wyatt because they're blood brothers now or something. I, I, st- I still don't get it, that storyline. Um, so <laughs> they had to find somebody to face Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And, of course, John Cena's in there with The Miz. Well, Cena eliminates The Miz, and then The Miz somehow jumps back in and... St- rules i've never heard of before but if you're eliminated you can get back into the ring and eliminate someone else and so miz eliminated cena um and they called it legal which yeah, i've never so weird yeah i've never seen that before um you know maybe yeah. one of the newer I was rules so confused, yeah. yeah um but it's what's setting that up is for wrestlemania it's going to be nikki bella versus john cena or nikki bella and john cena versus the miz and maris and supposedly it's going to be Nikki Bella's last match that her, basically her neck is not holding up as as, as strong as they thought after their post-surgery um, recovery. So uh, I'll be interesting to see. But the, the Royal Rumble ends up with a controversial ending. Well, they want to make it controversial because you had AJ Styles and Luke Harper at the end. And both seemed to fall at the same time. But when you really look at it, it was AJ Styles hit the ground. But they couldn't decide who or what. So it looks like we're going to get a AJ Styles versus Luke Harper match. But our very own Tim Johnson, you know, basically, who's in the know of WWE, has said that it's going to be a three-way match now for WrestleMania where it will be Luke Harper, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. And that will be interesting to see uh, for the title. Um, but... Do you like that direction that the WWE's or at least SmackDown's going? You know that way. Uh, y- yeah. Um, I think I I preferred the Wyatt family when they were a a group. Right. I just I don't know. They were really interesting to me, and they gave me this. <clears throat> excuse me. They gave me this like almost Undertaker ministry vibe a little bit which yep. i liked um but and i know they're trying to do their own thing and i i think they're good wrestlers i think their characters are still really intriguing and i think that does bring an interesting layer to it if it is bray wyatt and uh, luke harper and um uh randy orton because i don't know for some reason i have a feeling that so- something would happen somewhere that would be unexpected so yeah, you know, I, I think it, it's 
it's interesting. Um, I think, you know, it has potential. Um, we'll see what they do with it. But, I mean, I still agree that SmackDown is kind of winning the battle right now. Yeah, I mean, and really the only thing you got to hold it on, you know, to, to Raw right now is Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, you know, because um, the, the friendship of Kevin Owens and Jericho is no more. Um, which I will say that was a funny bit though with Jericho getting all the gifts for for Kevin Owens. Um, the the painting was was kind of my favorite. The, oh, that was so funny! And then the sculpture awesome. and stuff like that. That that was that was pretty good. Um, so yeah, with yeah. that with that relationship ending, basically that's going to set it up where Jericho's going to screw over Kevin Owens. Goldberg wins the title, and then Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg versus uh, for the title. Which yeah. Yeah, it'll be entertaining for the most part. Right, yeah. But like I said, I think, you know, we've kind of talked about it before. I think, like, the brand split is good in many ways, but at the same time, it, it limits a lot of the storytelling. Right. Um, Which is what we're really seeing with the women's division there, which, you know, nothing, once again, nothing against, you know, the ladies. Their, their, their matches still continue to, you know, really... Um, amazed me just with their technique and how much it's grown. But, you know, like, obviously you have Sasha Banks and Charlotte and Bailey, And, I mean, obviously there's other ones as well, but there's only so many storylines you can have with them. You know what I mean? Until the women's division gets some, some larger numbers. Right. Oh, speaking of the women's division in, in SmackDown, how about you that suck for Naomi having to give up the belt oh. because of a knee injury? My gosh! Like and I you thought, can see Finn that, Baylor right away. Oh my God, Finn Baylor, Daniel Bryan, and stuff. I mean, gosh, at least it was just a knee yeah. injury, and she can come back from it. But for Naomi, right. who you know has been working her ass off for as long as she has, to finally get you know the opportunity to defend or to to win the title and not even get to defend it, that sucks. And she won't even yeah. be like ready for WrestleMania. I felt so bad no. for you know when when that beginning of Raw and she had a. You know, Daniel Bryan has her come out and stuff, and she has to give up her title like that. That was just, oof, rough. Yeah. So, all right, well, that's about it for us. We've covered, I think, as much as we're going to cover, and I think the little rant at the beginning of the the podcast here, you know, kind of wore me down. So, um, any (laughs) any type of last words you got for the listeners, Mark? Uh, No, you know, just – you know, we're in for another good week here coming up with some great um, with some really great uh, episodes. Um, definitely check out all of our all the other wonderful uh, writers and contributors for LRM who um, just are amazing individuals to work with and extremely talented. So if you haven't had a chance to either check out other podcasts or read any articles or interviews, um, definitely take some time to do that because they're uh, really interesting. Awesome. Um, well, that's it for me and Mark. Uh, basically, catch us next week. We'll come up with another rant to, to go on about and stuff. Hopefully, you know, it's it's more on a positive note, not on such a negative note. But uh, let us know what you guys think, and uh, we'll see you next week. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.